spirit today. And it's so phenomenal because um, it's such a blessing that even in the appreciation, we, I lead a people that are prophetic. And so you preaching some of my message and using some of my verses while you're appreciating us that I'm go- actually going to use today. Amen. I just love, I love prophetic people. Amen. It's like, look, you, we doing a thank you and you confirming what I'm going to preach. Amen. And so, you know, I thank God for that. I, I do. I, I want to say this right up front because I'm going to deal with one of the major weapons that keeps us from obeying God. And, and I believe it keeps us from entering into full salvation. You know what that weapon that the enemy uses to do that is a weapon called hurt. He, the devil uses a weapon called hurt to keep us in uh, degrees of disobedience and degrees of not full, of outside of full commitment to God. There are people who don't go to church because the first time they showed up for church, they got hurt. Even if you came to church seeking life and you got hurt, it don't change the fact that you need church. And so, but the enemy will use hurt to keep you from getting what it is that you need. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I want you to understand something about the kingdom. And I don't know if it's, it's been said as of late, me and you will not enter the kingdom without being hurt as one of the ingredients. Nobody enters into the kingdom of God without being hurt. And so to avoid hurt is ultimately to disqualify me and you from the kingdom of God. We we must through tribulation, listen to me and listen to me well, because we've made this hurtless Christianity. This Christianity that if God loves me, then there's going hurt won't be involved. And the people that love me won't hurt, ever hurt me. And the people that are, that, are, that, that are behind me won't ever hurt me. And it's a wrong response to hurt. Because we don't understand its necessary ingredient in bringing us to who we are in God. There are some people that won't step out in faith no more because they got hurt. Stepping out in faith. Disappointment hurts you too. I believe God. And I stepped out. And it failed. So from here on out, I ain't stepping out like that. I'm just going, God taught me how to wait for this, 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 this. Once I see this, 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 and this, then I'll step out again. And we don't understand. That's, that means you're walking by sight and not by faith. Your hurt is now hindered you from ever committing to that dimension of faith ever again. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. Because we, we, we must understand that the promises of God cannot be possessed without pain being in part of the process. Do y'all hear? There has to be a cross. Do y'all hear what I, I see? Me and Lady Mary wouldn't be here if there wasn't some hurt. Glory be to God. We wouldn't operate in, the, a part of getting to the anointing that we're operating in. There was an ingredient of hurt involved. Amen. And so the enemy knows if I, I can keep you from the kingdom, all I got to do is hurt you and you're going to run for cover. Obviously, it couldn't be God. Otherwise, I wouldn't be hurt like this. I want to deal with the weapon called hurt because the enemy uses the weapon called, he, he perverts our perspective of hurt 
Amen. Hell perverts our perspective of hurt. Do you understand? There's a lot of folk that are going to go to hell because they got hurt in church. And they got hurt in church to keep them from believing in the church that would ultimately save their soul. It don't matter. The enemy will use whatever he can. And so he'll give us a wrong perspective of hurt. Amen. To keep us from salvation in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so I'm going to deal with some things and, and keep us from true faith. So, so let's walk a little bit and let's deal with this. I want, I want to go and I'm going to do this one a little bit different. Amen. We'll do this one a little bit different. We, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, and we're going to look at verse 38. As you peruse through the book of Hebrews, you'll find that there's a big emphasis on faith. There's a big emphasis of faith, teaches about faith. It has the greatest chapter on faith, Hebrews 11. Amen? Um, the greatest chapter on faith. But it deals with faith. And how sometimes we allow hurt to steal faith. Amen. When being hurt because of what I believe and keep on believing it is what validates my faith. Woo. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse number 38 says... Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Let's read verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back. Everybody say draw back. Unto perdition. But of them that believe. Everybody say our belief has a two. That believe, and I'm going to deal with that, to the saving of the soul. Father, I bless you and thank you for the power of the living God in this room and resting on this house right now. I thank you that the kingdom is not in word alone, but in demonstration. I thank you for the demonstration and that your spirit bears witness to the preach word of the living God today. And God will give you the glory, the honor, and the praise right now. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 Let us sit. Let me, let me share with you for a little bit. Hebrews 10 verse 38. I want to deal with this again. I'm going to read that verse. Amen. Because it's so, so profound. And there's something that we need to understand when he talks about living by faith that I want to point out. Um, Hebrews 10 verse 38 says, Now the just, everybody say, Now the just shall live by faith. All right, stop right there. The just shall live by faith. Now I need to qualify what that Hebrew writer is actually saying. So I'm going to say what he's not saying. Not the just shall survive by faith. 
See, this is what I need, me and you need to understand. We can breathe without faith, but we can't live without faith. There are people that are still breathing that aren't living by faith. Living, see, we, we got to understand what living isn't. When he says the just shall live by faith, living isn't fighting. Living isn't struggling. Living isn't pushing through. Living is living. God, I need y'all to get that right off the bat. We can exist without faith, but we can't live without faith. I'm going to say that again. We can exist without faith, but we can't live without faith. We can keep on going without faith, but we can't live without faith. We can keep on churching without faith. But we can't live without faith. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Faith gives us access to a quality of life, not the ability to just keep on living. Please hear, when he's talking about the just shall live by faith, he ain't talking about keep on living. He's talking about a quality of life. The just shall live a certain quality of life. See, what we got to understand is there are many people in the church who kept on living who are not living life. They dread getting up in the morning. Come on. They're tired all the time. Uh, sit in pools of regret and wondering what if I would, what ifs and whys and, 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 and constantly. Talk. That's not the just shall live. Come on, live in peace. Come on, live in strength. Live in motivation. Live in desire for the will of God. Live hungering and thirsting. I'm just hungry and I'm thirsty for God. I live in energy. Come on. Live in, in a desire to see God's will accomplished in the earth. The just shall live. Amen. By faith. This is, I, I want to clear up some things about faith. Amen. And then tie it into now suffering and hurt we must reclaim what faith is so we can again benefit from what faith does we must reclaim what faith is so we can benefit from what faith does many saints aren't seeing what faith does because the enemy by way of religion has altered what faith is Please follow me. We only see what faith does when we are actually now functioning and we know what faith is. Jude chapter 3, one of my favorite verses when it's dealing with faith. And uh, uh, notice what Jude says. He's, it's at the end of the book before the book of Revelation. And he's dealing with faith. He's dealing with faith. In Jude 3, he says... Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, 
I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you, watch this, to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. It, it, in other words, he was saying, this ain't a time. He, he, he was saying, I don't need you to contend for the faith. I need you to contend for the a faith that was originally delivered by the Lord himself to the saints. I don't need you to contend to have faith. I need you to contend for the faith that was originally released upon the bride of Christ, originally established in the church, the ecclesia. In other words, he said, I need you to fight because there's many versions of faith out there right now. But beloved, I need you to now contend for the faith that once upon a time was actually delivered to the believers. Amen. So, so. This isn't a time in which we, we're simply contending to have faith. Please hear me. But we must contend for the actual faith imparted unto the saints by Jesus Christ. Watch this. So now I'm going to read that verse again. Just understanding that when he says the just shall live by faith, not make it through the work day. That ain't what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Not, 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 not. Not just go from day to day. It's like, whoa, I made it, but you didn't live. You worried through it. You almost quit through it. You, you, you felt like you're dying through it. You were overwhelmed through it. You didn't live. Why? Because the only way you can live in it is by faith. The only way you can have joy in it is by faith. The only way you can walk in peace in it is by faith. You made it, but you didn't live. The just must live. That's a quality of life. That's what people want. People want a quality of life. People get to the point where they don't even care about money no more. They just want a quality of life. I just want peace. I just, I just want contentment. I, I just want to not always be worried, not always have something over my... What you're really saying is you want faith because it is by faith that you can live that life. It is a quality of life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. I'm going to read it again. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, everybody shout draw back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. He says, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, amen, everybody say draw back. To not live by faith is to draw back. Everybody shout draw back. To not live by faith is to draw back or what we refer to today as backslide. If we don't live by faith, we backslide is what that verse is saying. We, uh, he said the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, to not live by faith is to backslide. So, so this is what I need you to understand about backsliding. Glory be to God. Backsliding isn't when we actively sin. Backsliding is when we're not living by faith. Any time we're not living by faith, we're already living in a backslidden state. So we think we backslide when we actually um, carry out the act of sin when the reason why we actually carried out that act of sin is because we were already backslidden. The act is the fruit of a state I was already in because I wasn't living by faith. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I went back. 
I backslid. Man, you've been to backslid. Amen. The only, that's the only reason why it's showing now in your activities. Amen. Anything less than living by faith is backsliding. I'm going to say that again. Now, I'm, I'm trying to, we're, we're trying to go into a kingdom place. I'm going to say that again. Anything less than living by faith is backsliding. Amen. Now, watch this. Verse 39 says, but we are not of them who draw back unto judgment, perdition, destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We are not of those who backslide because we're not living by faith ultimately to perdition, but to those who believe, watch this, to the saving of the soul. By way of faith, watch this, we believe to the saving of our soul. Our soul is what we think, how we feel, and what we want. Let's qualify it. He says, we are not, though, in other words, we believe and our belief has an end. The, the end of our faith is the saving of our soul. And our soul is what, how we think, how we feel, and what we want. In other words, what he's saying is when we're walking by faith, how we feel, what we think, and what we want is saved. As we're saved by way of faith, what we think, how we feel, and what we want is brought under the governmental authority of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to manage what we think. The Holy Spirit begins to manage what we want. The Holy Spirit begins to manage how we feel. <clears throat> I got my soul saved. So, literally, there was a time, and all I could do is talk about myself. There was a time I used to think life isn't fair. Some people may still think that way. I used to think it's too difficult to live without sin. Amen? It's hard to change. These are, these are can I just be transparent? These are thoughts that I thought. But. I did not realize my thinking, I needed the thinking portion of my soul saved. The way that I thought uh, wasn't fully saved even though I had said yes to Jesus. It, it, God hadn't taken all of my mind and governed how I thought. But then what I do is I continue to believe. I continue to walk by faith until the saving of my thought life. And now because now me and you believe to the saving of the soul, we begin to think life is good. Anybody think life is good? His blood has given me victory over all sin. Anybody think like that now? Not only can I change, but I will change. And I'm being conformed into the image of God because there's nothing impossible for him. Guess what? The thought part of your soul got saved because you continue to believe. We are to believe to the saving. Well, what if I don't think like that? Then keep believing. 
What if my mind don't think like what if the mind portion of my soul don't think like that? Don't draw back. Don't go back. Don't take your hand off the plow. Don't turn your head back. Don't stop pressing. Don't stop going after God. Don't stop seeking his face. Don't draw back because that portion of your soul doesn't belong to Holy Ghost yet. You must believe until your thoughts are saved. My God, me and you got to believe until there could be a screen up on the wall that could take the thoughts that you can't see and put them up there for everybody to see. And I don't care if you see what I'm thinking because my thoughts have been saved by God. They're holy. They're righteous. used to just want what made us happy anybody i'm talking about your want the want part of your soul anybody just wanted what made you happy and you actually thought that was life was about figuring out what makes me happy and getting how many figured out how unhappy you were <laughs> when you you thought it was about making us happy everything get on your nerves when you actually think it's about making you happy anything that don't make you happy make you mad anybody that don't make you happy get on your nerves anything said you don't like why because me and you weren't created to live to make us happy we weren't created for the lust of men we were created for the will of God and until we understand that's the only way we'll be fulfilled we'll be miserable trying to make ourselves happy we used to just want what made us happy when we desired like this we didn't realize we only live to get what we wanted because we needed the want portion of our soul saved and as we believe to the saving of our soul, we begin to want to deny ourselves. Come on. Uh, we begin to want to take up our cross. We, we, begin, we begin to want to fast. We begin to want to pray. We begin to want not to love the world. No, the things. Why do I want this? My soul got saved. I believed until God took my wants and took management over my desires. So I I wake up in the morning not wanting liquor. I wake up in the morning wanting a praise. I go through the day not just wanting to watch the game tonight, but wanting a quiet moment to bless my God. My soul has been saved because... It's a blessing when your soul, the want portion of your soul got saved. Because I used to want to drink. My God, I used to want to smoke. I used to want to run the streets. I used to want to chase women. And I can say honestly with all of my heart right now, I don't want none of that. I want purity. I want holiness. I want to glorify God with my body. I want God to be glorified by the cleanness of my hands and the purity of my heart. That's what I want, and I know I don't want that. My soul has been my want part of my the want portion of who I am has been saved. I don't want that yet. Don't draw back. 
that ain't what I want. Don't draw back then. You keep going to the to the saving. See, we were in a, we were on the weekend. We was hanging out. We could have hang out another night out of town. And I told First Lady Tiffany, said we could do another night. It's all good. She looked back, backeth at me. My God. Girl, we, you see the hotel, we we could each other. She looketh back at me and says, I sense the Lord says we need to be in the house. And I wanted to argue, but my soul has been saved. Y'all right. My want has been redeemed. I said, you know what, baby? You are exactly right. We'll pack it up. We'll come in a day early. And let's do what thus saith God. Because when your, oh, on, when your want is redeemed, you want what God wants more than you want what you want. You know what? There's perilous times. It's not because men won't be lovers of God, but they'll be lovers of self more than love. I do love God. I just love my way more. I do love God. I just love how I feel more. I do love God. But when I get an attitude, I love my attitude more it ain't that we don't love God we just love us more because we've started to draw back amen we we are to believe unto the saving of the soul until how we think how we feel and what we want is under the sole management of the Holy Spirit. In kingdom terms, we can put it this way. All of thy heart, yeah, all of thy soul. Don't draw back until it's all of your heart. Don't draw back until it's all of your mind. Don't draw back until it's all of your soul. Don't draw back until it's all of your strength. Believe unto that. Why is the devil playing with my head? Because God ain't got all of it yet. Don't draw back. Why is my heart broken and it can't be fixed? Because God ain't got all of your heart yet. Because if he did, it would be fixable. Don't draw back. Somebody shout unto the saving of my soul. Until I wake up wanting to sing in the morning. Until I skip through my deserts. Until I dance in my fires. Until. So. The first. Watch this. The first portion of the Hebrew. Hebrews 10 and 39 says. But we are not of them. Right. Thank you. But, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, draw back unto destruction. So he's talking about those who started with their faith. They just didn't finish it. They draw back. It's the backslider. The backslider isn't the one that necessarily, first of all, goes back to sin, but the one, one that stops moving forward in faith. Anytime we're not moving forward, we're already moving backward. Because now faith. 
Now faith, it don't, man, you should have saw how I used to believe God. Well, you don't believe him like that no more? When that don't mean nothing. Only, the only faith that's good is the faith that's right now. Now faith. You should have saw how I used to preach. You should have saw how I used to go for God. You, you should have saw how I used to love and to pray. And I, I, I used to be there just like you. And I'm looking at you saying, have you drawn back unto perdition? Are you going to do all that for nothing? Are you going to sacrifice like that for nothing? Because after I preach, I must buffet myself unless I myself become a castaway. Man, and so the first portion of Hebrews 10 and 39 says but we are not of them that draw back unto perdition those who start in faith but never believe to the end do so unto perdition our belief must be unto the saving of our soul why how do I know my, the saving of my soul because I'm living Whew. man I'm living life I'm living life on the edge I'm, I'm living life on an energy level. I'm living life in an expectation. I'm living life in a move of God. I'm living life in, a, in, a, in a, having the word of God. I, I'm living life with a stir in my spirit. I, I'm living life in a quickening. I'm, I'm living life. There's something breathing and blowing. I'm just living in the wind of God. Life is so a spirit life. Amen. So I know I ain't drawing back. I'm, I'm staying in the wind. Because you ever tell you, they learn how to live in the wind. The just must live by faith. Watch this. Not survive. Not make it through. Amen. Live. Not struggle. Not hold on. Live. Faith gives us the right to live. I don't want to just make it. I want to live. I want to live to such a degree the only way you know it's a problem is if I tell you. Because you always That's what God gives us a right to. By faith. By faith. Listen. Now, now watch what, what the Hebrew writer does who some believe is Paul. It's not proven, but it has a lot of the same characteristics of a Paul, Pauline uh, epistle. But he goes on now in Hebrews 10. He ends Hebrews 10, the just must live by faith. Hebrews 11 is the, the famous um, faith chapter, right? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it goes down the list in Hebrews 11 of all of the great accomplishments of the men and women of God who now did what they did by faith, right? So he's still in that flow, the Hebrew writer. Then he jumps over out of 11 that deals with all that faith into Hebrews 12 because he's still dealing with faith. Now watch this. He's still dealing with faith in verse number, Hebrews 12, verse number 1 and 2. Listen to what he says because he's still teaching on the topic of faith. Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience 
the race that is set before us, looking unto, he's still talking about faith, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with all the witnesses of faith that were laid out in Hebrews 11, let us run this race, the race of faith unto the saving of the soul, unto the place where my thoughts are governed by the Holy Spirit, my wants are governed by the Holy Spirit, my feelings are governed by the Holy Spirit. You can't hurt me, you don't carry the capacity to hurt me because my feelings are under the government of the Holy Ghost. Watch this. So, so then he goes on here because now he's talking about our response to faith. Right? He wants us to understand now how God responds when me and you don't live by faith. Because faith is important unto the saving of the what? If we don't end unto the saving of the soul, the only other thing is to draw back unto perdition. It's that faith is that important to God. By grace we're saved through faith. Through faith. Not a once in a pond, dust off a confession I made faith. Right? That started it, but that show don't finish it. Amen? But a, but, but a faith that goes on to the saving of the soul. Well, I thought my soul was already saved. That's why you can go through the process. Because it already was. That's why God knows you can go all the way in your feelings. He knows you can go all the way in your thoughts. He knows your mind can be free because he did save you. Now go through the process. Believe unto. Everybody hear what I'm saying? So I don't confuse nobody. I thought I was saved when I confessed it. Well, where's your soul at right now? How do, how do I know when my soul is lost? When I can't control my feelings. Your soul is lost. I just feel some type of way and I don't know why. You can't find them. You, if I'm walking around and I'm feeling sad and I can't find out why, my soul is lost. It's not under my jurisdiction. Somebody's taking it. I can't find it. I don't know where it is. Why am I waiting to die to figure out my soul is lost when I can't control my feelings? What you mean? I, 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 Jesus found me, but you sad. I just woke up sad. Huh? You, me and you need to believe unto what? So people who are non-believers can actually get saved. They can look at us and say, I can live free of this oppression. I can live free of this anxiety. I can live free of this heaviness. I can live. How can I live it? By faith. The just shall live. Baby, I'm going to show you. The just shall live by faith. Watch this. Man, look, if I, if I want a woman that's not my wife, and I don't want to want a woman that's not my wife. My soul is lost. It ain't where I want it to be. Amen? No, no, watch this. So, so, so we take it a step further. All right, all right, all right. Let me bring Hebrews 10, 11, and 12 together without reading none of 11 and most of 12, just some of it. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 5. Let's go here. I'm going to read several verses in Hebrews 12. But I promise you it all makes sense. I thank God that my soul ain't lost. I can get up every day knowing where I'm going to be. Knowing how I'm going to feel. Knowing how I'm going to think. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 5. Notice, it says here, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. This is God's response when we don't live by faith. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he does what? Oh, thank you, Minister Adams. As I lift my hand, everybody say thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Listen to this. If you endure chastening, chastening is not something you can just handle. You got to endure it. The chastening of God is rough. He don't do it all easy. He don't make sure. He's a gentle. I know we sing those songs, he's so gentle. But that ain't what the Bible says. He said, when he get a hold of you, you don't have to endure. He's going to tear some stuff up. He's going to get down on the inside of you. He's going to wreck some stuff, and he ain't worried about how you feel when he's doing it. I know we like to say he's a gentle surgeon, but that's actually a loud lie. He is not gentle all the time. He will chasten us irregardless of how we feel, and we just have to endure it. Amen. Now, I know what the song, the song make you feel good, but then all it does is make you feel good while he's whooping you. Being chastened by the Lord saying he's a gentle surgeon. <laughs> all right. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as son, with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers. What? Look, no, no, no. This ain't about making you happy. This is about making you holy. That's why it don't feel good because you ain't holy yet. You just know how to show up for church once a week. That ain't holy. You know how... There needs to be chastening because that ain't holiness. Well, I thought he did that to keep us from hell, no? took us out of hell way down the line so he can make us holy right here and now. Amen? Now watch this. For verily he chased us. Oh, sorry. Verse number 11. Now, no chastening for the present time. Be joyous, but what? Grieve it, man. It grieves you. Amen? Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. 
right? So I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Notice the Hebrew writer's dialogue. I want you all to notice a connection. He, first of all, talks in Hebrews 10 at the end, all throughout 11 and the first part of first verse chapter 12 about faith. Then begins talking about God's chastening. Right after he talks about faith for an extended period of time, he begins to now deal with God's chastening because God chastens us and his chastening centers around our faith. Please hear what I'm saying. We're chastened by God for walking by sight. I'm going to say that again. We're chasing. Do you feel like you feel because of what you saw? Are you discouraged because of what you saw? Are you dealing with what you're dealing with because what you're seeing right now in your situation, in your marriage, in your job? God doesn't not necessarily just want to fix that. He needs to chasten me in you so we'll stop walking by sight and actually walk by faith. Because if we were walking by faith, what we see wouldn't have that much control over our emotions, over our thoughts, and over our feelings. So he's not trying to get a towel saying, let me help you. He said, now I'm going to chasten you through this so you'll stop walking by sight while saying you're a man or woman of faith. Amen. We're chasing by God for walking by sight because the only way we can live is by faith. The just shall live by what? Uh, you can make it through without faith, but you can't live. You can struggle through it. You can hang on without faith, but you can't live. Amen? The only way our soul, you know why he chastens us for that? Because the only way our soul can be saved is by the very faith that we're currently may not be walking in the measure we need to that's unto the saving of our soul. You know what to chasten means? Walk for a little bit and clear up some misconceptions about the current Christ that we've preached that is not the accurate one. To chasten is to inflict a measure of suffering for the purpose of moral improvement. To chasten is to inflict a measure of suffering for the purpose of moral improvement. To cause someone to feel bad now to make them better later. God does and will chasten us when we're living a lifestyle outside of faith. The warfare of the enemy is to get us to believe anything that doesn't make us feel good isn't God. This is the battle of the saint today. This is why a lot of people aren't coming to God because if it was God, I wouldn't feel like crying. If it was God, I wouldn't feel like I was so wrong. If it was God, I wouldn't feel rough. It just troubled my spirit. Will you remember when mom was about to give you that spanking? Hmm? You remember when dad was about to get out that belt for you? That time when you knew you did something you weren't supposed to do? Did, did, did it trouble you a little bit, huh? Did it make you feel a little bit fearful? Come on. Was it not God simply because of how it made you feel? No. God even said, look, you got natural parents that whoop you for their own will. How much more shall you not submit? So we've now gotten so far deep in our feelings that anything that hurts them couldn't be God. It wouldn't make me feel like this. That can't be God. 
If it was God, it wouldn't make me do this. And now we are literally being turned from the true Christ and rejecting our sonship because there is no son that doesn't endure chastening. And if you are without chastening, then you are not a son. You are a bastard. He now has a church full of people rejecting their sonship. All in the name of a God that's too good and too loving to make us feel like that. Amen? So, until, listen to this, until we are living a lifestyle of faith, God will keep on chastening us. He'll keep on inflicting measures of suffering for the purpose of moral improvement because he loves us. Right? So God will get off the bell. Come here. Come on down. Come on down. Right? He'll chasing us. How, he, he'll chasing us in our emotional condition. You know, why are my emotions like this? Why can't I control? And we think it's just the devil attacking us and it's God chasing us. Because that's the area of your emotions that are yet to be saved. They don't, that part of your soul don't belong to me yet. So I'm going to chasten you. Then I go away. And I come back. I feel bad about what I did. But I don't change. Because I, go, I call God's chastening the devil's attack. The devil attacked me for a while, but I got the breakthrough. And then, guess what happens? I come back to God after a while, and I'm feeling the same thing. And I'm going through the same thing, and I still feel the same emotions, and I still feel this different stuff. I tell you what, the devil keep on attacking me, but, but man, why ain't the devil defeated, huh? Can he keep on beating you like that? And so I walk away because I'm deceived into believing God is too good to ever allow me to feel like that so he can change me. And I know every time in seasons I'm coming to God and God is chastening me again over and over and then all of a sudden we say because we've been alienated from the God that chastens if God really loved me he would accept me as I am I want you to know that's a lie from the pits of hell every he'll whoop you and whoop you and whoop you because it's better than you burning in hell forever it's better than you losing your soul he'll whoop you over and over until you get the devil ain't that big he ain't that bad he can't take you through that much. Maybe God is dealing with me. Maybe my I haven't believed to a place of the saving of my soul. And although God wants to favor me, he said, oh, son, I love you too much to favor you too much in that condition. Then you'll think that condition is acceptable. I got to I got to get I got to get you a little bit more. Why do I keep going through this? Why am I stuck here? Why can't I move forward? Why can't things change? Because me and you aren't recognizing the chastening of the law. He won't stop. He won't stop. How many of us, if our sons and daughters, and we have them, and we see them about to drink something that's going to kill them, and every time they start reaching for it, the only answer we got is to chasten them. Put it down. Put it down. It's going to kill you. Amen. And that's what we got now to bring them back. I don't care how many times I got to do that. I'm going to do it until they no longer pick up what's going to kill them.
God will not stop chastening us out of his love. Out of his love. Watch this. Watch this. It's so important that we understand that. Because the mentality of the backslider is if God loved me, he's just going to accept me as I am. You're going to have a lot of whoopings. No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to chase in you until I can conform you. I'm going to chase in you until you come out of the world. I'm going to chase in you until all of your thoughts belong to me. All of your heart belongs to me. All of your soul. And I'm going to bless you in between. And I'm going to favor you. And I'm going to open doors. And I'm going to bless your life. But I'm not going to stop chasing you. Your part, until your, your desire existence belongs to me. Until your emotional existence of your soul belongs unto me. Until your mental existence belongs to me. Amen? Then what he does is, and I'm about to close. He deals with those who respond wrong to chasing. He, he then... In Hebrews 12, verse 12 and 13, he talks about the, respond, the, the, resp- the wrong response to chastening. Listen to what he says, and this is so key. He says here, this is the one that responds wrong. Wherefore, lift up thy hands which hang down and thy feeble knees. He's talking about our response to chastening. You know, when we're getting chastened by the Lord, I'm going through. Man, it's rough right now. It seems like every time I take two steps forward, the devil, not me, 12 steps backwards, the, just, the devil so busy. I'm so tired. I just wonder when God going to send the breakthrough. When is the season that he said is coming? And, and so what happens is our knees begin to get feeble and we, we begin to get weary and we don't, we don't understand it's not because of attack. It's because we have not discerned chastening and discipline of God. And so God, the, the Hebrew writer turns around and said, boy, strengthen your feeble knees. Stop shaking your knees. Stop putting your head down. The fact that you're dealing with what you're dealing with is validation that God loves you and don't want you to be condemned with the world. Don't you dare walk around with your head down as if something bad is happening done to you that's daddy's love that's daddy's touch that's daddy's heart that that's because you're a child of the living god straighten up your knees spit your back up lift your head up say no time for you to have no pity party amen he says, wherefore, lift up your hands. This ain't the time for you to have your hands down. It's time for you to have your hands up. God got me because he wanted me to get full benefit of the glory he died to give me. Feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Watch this. Let, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. The Hebrew writer is dealing with with what happens to us when we respond wrongly to the chastening of God. Lift up thy hands which hang down in thy feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Key word, lest that which is lame, everybody shout lame. Lame is holos. It means halt. It means limping. 
it means cripple it means deprived of a foot it means maimed ultimately it means to be handicapped let lest that which is lame lame holos it means halts it means limping it it means crippled it it means deprived of a foot or maimed see well in other words it means handicapped i'm about to talk up in here see when we don't respond correctly to chastening we are handed over to being handicapped we follow God claiming to be missing something. We come to church with a handicapped decal. Come on, they ain't just out in the parking lots. It's folk in the pews with handicapped decals. God don't expect me to do everything he expects everybody. See, the handicap decal is validation that you don't expect. And I'm not beating up handicap. Oh, Lord, I want to make sure I preface this. I'm not beating up. I'm just trying to make a point of a principle. Amen. I believe that we need to honor those who have a now hindrance physically where they cannot have the, the, the range of motion and the motor ability of an individual who is healthy. That's not what I'm saying. But the handicap parking... And the handicapped decal validates that I am in a condition where I should not be expected to walk like. I should not be expected to walk like people who have who don't who are not handicapped. I should not have that that level of expectation placed on me. But we come in the church because we haven't responded correctly to chastening, and we believe it's the same thing because of what I've dealt with and because of what I've been through. God doesn't expect me to go walk like everybody else walks and and have victory like everybody else has victory because I. I have been handicapped through what I've went through. I love God, but I've been church hurt. I've been handicapped. That's why I keep my distance from church people. That's why God doesn't expect me to be around church people like everybody else. I got a handicap sticker. I don't have to go as far as everybody else has to go. I love God, but I've been hurt in church. What if being a church hurt was actually a part of God's chastening to teach you how to trust the God of the church in spite of the people in the church not to walk by sight of the people but to walk by faith in God but because I did not recognize the rod of God's correction I say I got a handicap pass and I know y'all hang out with each other but because I've been hurt I don't hang out with y'all God God, don't expect me to go as far as everybody else. Did you see my handicap decal? People are coming in the church saying I'm handicapped and got a right to be. Because we don't recognize the change. Don't recognize. What if being church hurt was a part of God's chastening? Because he knew when you were hurt by church, you were going to walk by the side of who hurt you instead of the faith in the God who said you are a part of the church. What if he was after the saving of your soul? And that was a rod of correction. Amen? He goes on to say this. 
lest that which is lame be what? Turned out of the way. He is the way. He said, the reason why you need to make sure you don't treat chastening like attack and that you don't stay handicapped, because if you stay handicapped long enough, it'll turn you out of the way. If we don't recognize church hurt as part of God's chastening, I believe that all church hurt is a part of God's chastening, literally. To see if we trust the God who said, I'm coming back for a church. Or somehow we've been turned out of the way. Because we've been handicapped so long, we believe we ain't got to be in church for God to now come back for us. You've been turned out of the way. Didn't he say he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle? But you ain't got to go to church. You ain't got to attend the church to walk with God. You ain't got to attend the church to be with God. The only people who say that are people who got hurt in church. Nobody. I'm going to say that again. The only people who say you ain't got to go to church is people who got hurt in church. And they stayed hurt so long, they've been turned out of the way. They no longer know the way of God. They've committed to a way that's not his. Hello, somebody. Come on, y'all still with me? The way I was treated by my church leaders caused me to no longer trust leadership. I just trust God. I don't listen to man. I just listen to God. What if being hurt by church leadership was to teach you how by faith to trust the God who ordained leadership pro protocol? And in spite of how many of you have been handled by church leaders to teach us how to obey church leaders by faith and not by sight. What if it was the chastening of the Lord to teach us how to honor leadership? What if how they handled me and you was to deal with our obedience and submission? To leadership that really wasn't unto the saving. Because the moment we got hurt, what did we say? You don't need to be led by nobody. You just be led by God. Never mind he said there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You just kind of be who you are in God. Because I have now so wrongfully responded to chastening, I've literally been turned out of the way. Do you understand how many people are like that now? Because, and the only reason why they like that is because they got hurt and thought it was the person's fault and not God's rod. They actually thought it was the leader instead of the correction of the king. You know how many people are walking around like that are turned completely out of the way? I love the scripture you quoted, Hebrews 13 and 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch over your souls as they must, who must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I love this verse. I'm almost done. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 and 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. When we don't properly respond to chastening 
it hands us over to being handicapped. I want y'all to get this. And if we don't recognize the handicap is because we wrongfully responded to what happened to us and we didn't recognize it as God's chastening, then we'll stay hurt. And actually think God is taking us through a process of healing. And the reason why it ain't being healed is because God is the one who chastened us and we never responded to it nor submitted to it. Because he knew there was a measure of our life of faith we weren't living. He was dealing with our faith. He was dealing with our faith. Come on, me and you should be healed right now. Man, there's nothing that happened to me yesterday that I shouldn't be healed from right now. There's nothing that somebody said to me two months ago that I shouldn't be healed from right now. Nothing, nobody that walked away from me, none of that that I shouldn't be healed from right now. He says, and make straight paths, Hebrews 12 and 13, for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. Everybody say, let it be healed. Somebody shout, let it be healed. We must allow ourselves to be healed, which means if we're not healed, it's because we're not allowing ourselves to be healed. Hurt is a choice, and healing is too. I just want to tell you some good news up in here. Hurt is a choice. And healing is too. And me and you ain't got to heal ourselves. We already got something, somebody that by his stripes we were healed. It is not our responsibility to heal ourselves. We're already healed. We just got to let ourselves. Y'all ain't hear me. We're already healed. And our body testifies of that. What do you mean? Cut yourself now and see if you have to heal yourself. Or see if your body kicks in to motion and begins to clock. And begins to cover. And begins to stop the bleeding. You do not have to heal by your own effort and your own why in the natural can we cut ourselves and heal without a fight come on you get a cold come on you get any, any issue your body has white blood cells that begin to fight on your behalf without you asking without you moving without your effort because your body has a built in grace to heal itself and so now as it is in the natural so it is in the spirit let let yourself be healed today. Let yourself be healed of what they said. Let yourself be healed of what happened. Let yourself be healed of what your parents didn't do. Let yourself be healed of what your mama said to you. Let yourself be healed of where you're... You can be healed right now if you let yourself. I need somebody to shout, I'm healed. I need somebody to shout, I'm healed. And see, the more research shows that the more we think something is wrong with our emotions, something is wrong with our stress level, that literally how we feel like we're hurt causes sickness. It's scientifically verified that people who are emotionally unstable bring sicknesses on their self. Look it up. Amen. Some people seem like they're always sick. You know why? Because they think they're always sick. Something's wrong with me. 
What they did to me messed me up. What they said about me, I never got over it. How mama treated me, it, I never dealt with. But I just got some good news for you. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. And all things, you can be healed today. It don't matter what mama didn't do, you can be healed today. It don't matter what daddy said, you can be healed today. It don't matter what your friends did at school, you can be healed today. By the power of a name, there is a name above every other name. There was a blood that was spilt on your behalf at a place called Calvary's cross. And that blood, in that blood has his life. For the life is in the blood. And you can get that life today. How? If I will confess with my mouth, my God, your healing is on the other side of Jesus. Your breakthrough is on the other side of one name. Your deliverance is on the other side of one name. Your freedom is on the other side of one name. All it takes is one name. I want to be healed, Jesus. I want to get over this, Jesus. I want to stop thinking like that, Jesus. I want to move forward in life, Jesus. I want to stop hurting, Jesus. Come on, I need somebody to shout the name of Jesus. I'm closing on this. If you and me are still hurting, it's only because we won't let ourselves be healed. Guess what? I'm going to let myself be healed. Because the culture will try to make you stay hurt. The culture is created to try to make you still hurt, stay hurt. You just lost them. You don't need to be doing nothing. You just need to be sitting at home getting your emotions together. You let somebody else do that. Because you need time to do this and get through that. And then, at first you was good. Like, all right, man, God is good. You know, it is what it is. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to just keep on moving. And then we let somebody help us. I'm about to talk up in here. We let somebody help us. You need to get in touch with your emotions. You still hurt. You need to grieve. You need to deal with this. And then before you know it, you sitting down talking about, you know what, you're right. I am hurt. I ain't done I don't want to do nothing. Because somebody helped you. We live in a society that exalts grieving and mental illness. They champion that as if that's a good thing. Just admit you're mentally ill and you need pills for the rest of your life. Then we're going to clap for you. The devil is a liar. Who the sun makes free. Yeah. It's free indeed. I need somebody to get a holy indignation about a diagnosis that came from devils about who you are. You will not hurt about that for the rest of your life. You, your life will not be stained by your past. We either stay hurt because we won't let ourselves be healed and we live in a society that thinks they're helping us by not allowing us to be healed. Or because we're not believing to the saving of our soul. Can I help you understand something about your issue? Because some people think their, their issue is so bad 
what they've been through is so ugly. If you don't understand, if you saw what I saw, you would know that I need something. I want to remind you of something. Just like there's no degree in sin, there's no degree in deliverance. I need y'all to get that. Your issue isn't so bad that it needs a special blood. The same blood that washed me from alcohol is the same blood that will deliver you from homosexuality. Homosexuality ain't a bigger, badder demon that can get off the same blood. It don't need a different blood. It don't need a different deliverance. The same blood. There's no degree in sin and there's no degree in deliverance. But I've been having nightmares for 30 years. One answer, the blood. Well, oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? I thought about having a sex change, the blood. Oh, glory be to God. I was molested, the blood. I thought about blowing my brains out, the blood. I have to take medication to go to sleep, the blood. There is no degree of sin. Every sin, every iniquity, every bondage has one blood. You don't need a special blood. You don't need a special prayer. You don't need a special Jesus. It's the same name. We try to make our bondage special. Same blood. My God, I'm getting excited because we're about to have some messed up people start walking through those doors. And I'm so excited to know right off the gate, same blood. I don't care what you've been smoking, same blood. I don't care what you've been doing, same blood. I don't care what streets you've been hanging out in, same blood. Young people, don't let nobody trick you into believing you've been in something that that same blood can't deliver you from. Same blood. Oh, glory. Man, I need somebody to praise God. Because the devil tried to make you believe you needed something. It's the same blood. Today, the same blood. Be healed today, the same blood. Be free today, the same blood. Just like there's no degree to sin, come on, there's no degree in deliverance. The same Jesus that commanded all them devils out of a maniac that filled 200 pigs is the same Jesus that rebuked the fever off Peter's mom. That blood us deal with fevers and 2,000 demons. Same name, same blood. We don't have to shift up the program. The name of Jesus still works. The blood of Jesus still works. Everybody stand into your feet. Come on. Oh, bye bye. The devil tries to make our deliverance complex and tries to make it more difficult than what it is. And he'll disguise unbelief and a lack of faith in reasons, excuses, and us now champion our challenges, where we inflate our challenges to a degree where we don't feel like when we're saying the name of Jesus, something can't break you free at any moment. Amen? But today, God wants to know, is there anybody out there who's willing to believe unto the saving of their soul? Man, I'm going to keep on going after this God 
I'm going to keep on coming after this Jesus. I'm going to keep on pleading this Jesus' blood until he has all my thoughts. Until he, oh, Bashanda, until he has all my mind. Until he has all my strength. Oh, 